Hey guys, you're listening to the Metal Nerd Podcast. This is your host, Joe Arnold, and today my guest is John Arnold, my twin brother, the guitar player of Cerebellion and Society One. And we're going to talk about the album Holy Hell by Architects. Hi, John. Hello. Good afternoon. I also play in the band Cerebellion with, with John. I'm the singer of that band, and he plays guitar, and we have a good, we have a good time. Yeah. Most of the time. Um, yeah. Ask Mark about that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, John actually got me into this album a couple of years ago. Uh, architects have, well, had uh, twin brothers in their band. And uh, one of them actually recently passed away, which is part of the story of this album. Yep. Yeah. Dan, Dan uh, the drummer, is still in the band. Uh, Tom passed in the 2016 so i know i know we're gonna go into that further but just to clarify tom is still the drummer and tom or dan dan sorry dan is is still the drummer and uh now probably the chief songwriter he's just you know kind of assumed the role of his brother oh okay because his brother yeah was the chief he was like uh music and lyrics okay yeah so now Dan is chief songwriting music and lyrics? As far as I know, it's yeah, I that's my understanding. Like um I think Sam Carter the singer uh writes some of the lyrics, but the lion's share is is um is Dan. And you kind of can gather that too from the lyrics. They're very um personal. And and it's not always obvious, but sometimes it's it's apparent, you know. It, that's an interesting fact for for like lesser nerds or non nerds that may be listening or just you know somewhere on the continuum of nerdism. Um, that you know in a lot of bands, the singers aren't always the ones writing the lyrics. I I found that you know even when, as I was when I was growing up, I thought that was kind of interesting. It just you would assume that the singer writes the lyrics, right? For sure. So holy hell! Really quick, let me get into the the facts on on Wikipedia. Holy Hell is the eighth studio album by British metalcore band Architects. Eighth, man. Wow. These dudes, very prolific because they're not very old. So anyway, it's it's interesting. Uh, it was released on 9 November 2018, or as we say in the U.S., November 9th, 2018. Uh, it is the follow-up to the band's previous album, All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us, and is the first recorded without founding member and main songwriter. As John just alluded to, Tom Searle, Surly, Searle. I think it's Searle. Searle. We'll go with Searle. Um, following his death in August 2016, crazy. Um, it was recorded between. I love when they do this between between um October 2017 and April 2018. That's interesting. That's a that's a good that's a good clip. What is that? Um. About six months? Yeah, six to seven, depending on Yeah, seven yeah. seven maybe. They That's, they I, I've I was actually just listening to a podcast that I just discovered with Dan, um, and they were talking about and there was a lot of interviews and whatnot that they were talking about. They they just were not gonna rush that the release of that record because for a lot of reasons. I mean, for one thing they it needed to be a good record. I mean, being their eighth studio and obviously the follow up after 
his brother died and um and because he was their <laughs> their chief songwriter they they needed to make sure that the song you know the songwriting was there up to the standard that he kind of the legacy you know that he left behind so they they just weren't they weren't rushing the songwriting they weren't going to rush the the recording obviously so pretty uh pretty interesting yeah that is i mean like seven months for a uh you know six to seven months for a band who uh has the fortunate ability to i'm assuming like not work day jobs you know most likely i'm assuming they're They've been doing it long enough where yeah, I think so. I a think level of success where they probably don't have to work day jobs, right? Um, I mean, who knows, right? But no, I'm pretty sure that's the case. Um, at, at this, from point what I understand, their breakthrough record, and and I'll I'll say this um, now, I I I don't know their deep history real well. Like I, you know, I got them to, got into them, uh, um, probably well when I heard um doomsday which came out in 2017 and then when this record came out in 18 it was 18 right so um i don't know their history real well but what i understand is that their uh their record from 2014 which was two albums before this one was a breakthrough it was like a kind of a hit and and i think like it was a breakthrough on a lot of levels for them and i'm assuming financially as well yeah Lost forever, lost together, 2014. As I've said before on other podcasts, I always feel like you can hear it. You know, when when a band who's really good puts the time in, you you definitely it's one of those things where I feel like what you put in, you get out. You know, and on this record, I don't think we'd be talking about it if we if we didn't think it was something where they got they got out what they put in, and and you know that time put in was well worth it. Yeah, no doubt. So, um, a couple more facts. Um, the genre, they say metalcore and progressive metalcore, which I'm always interested. I mean, this is just Wikipedia, but, uh, somebody wrote that, um, supposedly, hopefully credible. Um, and so I, I just, I just wouldn't know exactly what to call them as a genre. I mean, the metalcore thing makes sense. Progressive metalcore I've never even heard of, but that's cool. I would almost, I don't even know if like Wikipedia validates this as a, um, a genre, but I would almost like think like gent would have been in there or something like that. <clears throat> yeah, it's in there. They actually, their influences are kind of broad actually for what I was expecting. Like the more I listen to them, the more I, I kind of trip out. Um, there's almost like some, what would you call it? Like post hardcore, like, I don't know, screamo influence. Yeah, like, yeah like for as, sure. As you go further back and like indie and 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 emo and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely some of that. I was thinking that on the way here when I was listening. Yeah, kind of trippy. <clears throat> um, the further I go back, apparently the their first records earlier on, their biggest influence was Dillinger Escape Plan. Well, that doesn't surprise me at all. There's definitely some Dillinger parts, you know. Like, well, this is going back. Like, I mean, this is like this is her eighth record and so like i the m albums i'm most familiar with are the last three so that's only that's album six and forward right. six seven and eight so you're talking the first like three four records or whatever were pretty math core right and that doesn't surprise me but like you can still hear it there's parts like definitely like some of the tales of some of the riffs where they get into like the drumming okay is one area yeah, yeah, where yeah. he does these like these certain types of beats that like there's like Dillinger and, and just like there was, 
I guess there would be called like the math core bands that were doing this particular kind of like drumming. And, but then also I was thinking how Dan, Dan actually, I was like, his scream kind of reminds me of, um, Greg from Dillinger. Sorry, I'm moving my mic here. Um, that Sam, Sam, is it Sam? Sam, sorry, sorry, Sam, the, um, Sam and Dan, uh, that really high scream that he does kind of uh, on the way here. I was thinking that too. I was like, you know, yeah, I'm going to have to go back and listen. Cause now I'm, now I'm intrigued. Uh, okay. So it, the length of the album is 42 minutes and 36 seconds. That is sweet. I just feel <laughs> like, I feel like, you know, that's a perfect, um, that's an ongoing theme. It seems like, well, know, especially for metal, for it, it definitely is, but it, for metal, especially, I think it's really hard, you know, when you're putting out really abrasive music and this album's really heavy, you know, while it's also has its pop and melodic sensitivities, it definitely, um, is heavy. And, uh, it's just a long, it's a long, it's a long, long road to, to just bla- blast them over the head for like over an hour, you know? People need a break. Yeah, for sure. Well, and it's still what, I don't know, 11 tracks, I think? Uh, Yeah, here, I got it right here. I should here. know that, but. Hang on. I don't know. Yeah, 11. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, that's cool. They were on uh, Epitaph Records and unfd in australia so epitaph was for their uh, u.s and european releases and then unfd in australia so that's interesting uh just really quick i like to just dig a little bit uh, epitaph records uh is actually based out of la hollywood i believe if i saw that right yeah hollywood and uh but their roster artists include mostly well an interesting um swath of bands bad religion notoriously like bad religion and uh pennywise but then we've also got every time i die converge um so and i noticed a couple other that were more in the kind of the similar genre or um to the architect so. that is kind of interesting like they you would think they were on like nuclear blast i think at one point they were on century media which makes sense you got but, like propagandi and you got uh, uh the ghost inside um so there are some other other uh parkway drive hmm. so there's definitely i mean and that was the thing actually in with epitaph um i think uh in the early 2000s, they started kind of jumping on a little bit of that metalcore thing because it was like, I'm pretty sure um, Death by Stereo was on there. I think so. And I want to say at one point, maybe Dillinger was on there as well. They're Relapse, right? Re- oh, is that Relapse? Okay. I kind of get they're... Epitaph and Relapse confused sometimes. I know, me too. And Mastodon was on Relapse, I'm pretty sure. But in that era, there was definitely like, I think like the punk culture or the punk labels were sort of embracing like the hardcore element of the um, metalcore mm-hmm. thing, you know, with certain bands, you know? Yeah. So it's interesting. It's just weird. Cause I mean, I guess it makes sense for their history, you know, cause they are kind of def- definitely rooted in, you know, hardcore, but, um, but at this point, like, uh, architects <clears throat> to me is, is firmly a, a metal band, you know? Well, but it, but it's funny going back and listening. I can hear the evolution. Like they've they've gone more metal, like more solidly metal. You know what I mean? Like it was more like 
whatever it was and then it was metalcore metal such a loaded term yeah it's like it's like what i mean if you asked you know yeah true the pantera guy or like you know the maiden guy or i don't know like would they embrace you know uh, architects as a metal band i mean they should but you know it's you know it's just such a weird thing now and it, it, what's interesting to me is how I've heard interviews with architects and they consider themselves a metal band. They just say flat out, like, you know, being a metal band and all the stuff. And it's like, yeah. it's, just, it's so interesting, you know, that whole, the whole label thing. Yeah, whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's for other people to trip on. Totally. <laughs> totally. But it is, it is fascinating because it does like, it does suggest cultural things around the culture of yeah. la- labels and marketing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Branding and genre and all that. It's, of it's very interesting. Uh, okay. Let me go back. So that was epitaph. And then, um, on, uh, UNFD, they've got North lane and, uh, Beartooth and Silverstein as well as architects. So a couple, couple names right there. Huh? Yeah. Interesting. So, um, Silverstein, the Canadian band. Mm. With, yeah. With Shane Told, he has a podcast. I don't know the band too well, but he has a pretty good podcast. Well, what's that? Uh, Lead Singer Syndrome. Yeah. And one of the uh, P- Parkway Drive, I think, is Australian, aren't they? I believe so. But they're not on that one. So, anyway. Okay. Whatever. Who knows, right? Yeah. Oh, th- this was fascinating to me. I'm almost finished here with the Wikipedia facts. Um, this was produced by Dan Searle and Josh Middleton, who's also the new guitar. Is he the new guitar? Yeah, player? the new guitar yeah. player of um, Architects. So he replaced his uh, twin brother. Right. And uh, is he the only new member after? Yes. Um, Tom. Yep. Tom died. So Tom's a twin brother, by the way. I think we probably already mentioned that, but. Okay, so yeah, but I I found that fascinating because I mean this we're gonna get into that, but the production of this is just outstanding. Yeah, it's uh it's crazy. I mean, what the thing there that trips me out is Josh. You know, right? Hey, uh, when you're in the band, like you're in the band, like it doesn't matter what you think about it. In fact, that was kind of the conversation. <laughs> really? But like, yeah. I mean, because that he was a longtime friend, and um. You know, he was just always close to the band, and I think he he had filled in for them on on shows and tours that um, Tom couldn't make while he was in, in treatment and sick or whatever. And um, and 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 that was the guy that Tom had said he wanted to re, you know him to be replaced by. And uh, and so they kind of were like, "You're in the band." Wow, because <laughs> he has another band that's also really good uh, called Silosis. Um, that I just recently started listening to, so I don't have a whole lot. I mean, I, they're just really very talented, and it's pretty good. It's really good, very heavy. But anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, it's like okay, you're in the band, and also you're gonna produce the record. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure it, it didn't go like that. I'm sure it like evolved into that. Like, but um, yeah, how crazy is that though? Especially, yeah. you know, that's the whole thing is that for all of this is that. This is a band, you know, at at that okay, so the album came out in 2018, I believe. Yes. So yeah, you're, late. And they started in 2004. It's their eighth record. You're 14 years into your career. Uh somebody is now 
writing the songs that had, had not been one of the key songwriters, and now you have a brand new guy in the band that is now writing and producing as well. You know, I, I mean, I guess the point is that it's you're starting these things out and making these changes at such a high level. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, we're, we'll go into it, but I mean, just to give people an idea, like in, okay, so they released Doomsday, this, this single um, about as a one-off, like, and it ended up being on the record, but about a year before in 2017, about a year, over a year before oh, the record that. came out. Yeah. <clears throat> and <clears throat> after they released that, um, their popularity like went through the roof and obviously the story of course um you know it just brought people in and um we're gonna get to that yeah i don't i, mean, I don't want to go more, too deep more. into it but i'll just say this that that they they did that show at alexandria palace in in i think in london and somewhere in, in england and um at ten thousand people i mean yeah this is not <laughs> this is a a band that at least in i mean they're huge here too but in europe they're enormous so well, while we're while we're there, I might as well bring up. We saw them. Uh, uh, God, I mean, it wasn't that long ago—six months ago, eight months ago—in uh, Anaheim, at the House of Blues. Yeah, which is um, it's a t- it holds twenty two hundred, and uh, it was sold out. Um, and uh, the he said I think the last time they played there, which was on the same tour. This is like the second leg of their or you know their second U.S. leg. I believe. I believe. Tell me if I'm wrong. Or maybe it was from uh, their prior tour. Anyway, it was the last time they were here. It, it wasn't on the record because okay. we saw them. Uh, it was like March last year, and the record had just come out. That's true. November, the November prior. Okay, so. you're right. So, so that would have only was, been like four or five months after the release. Yeah, it, it was probably. I think they went out like because it was a year. Pr- the other House of Blues show was probably about a year prior. I think. I yeah, I, I didn't, didn't go. I don't know. He he didn't say when, but he said the last time we were here. He said it was like I think they were blowing up so much. Um, and I I don't know this for sure, but um, just because of I mean, obviously the story, but because of the song, because of the the one off, um, Doomsday. Okay. So I, and I might be wrong about that, but regardless, yeah. Okay. But I think what were you saying is that well, just that I mean, it, just it wasn't uh, sold out, right? Is that what yeah, it, yeah. It, you know, so th- their emergence is is pretty recent, you know, in terms of like really, really starting to do well in the U.S. and um, you know, it seems like a like a big climb, and and just as far as like, you know, when you go on Spotify, their top five, you know, if you, I'm, I'm sure one who who is a Spotify consumer their top five songs are all from this new album from Holy hell. Right. Like there's no other song on the top five that are, um, and you know, so huge and huge streaming numbers. So it's like, it just seems like this is like, I don't know. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know, it, it's all, it's all, um, different levels, but it's like, this is like their black album, you know, or just did everything's just going nuts. It's going bananas. Yeah, for, for sure. Them. And for sure. deservedly, deservedly. We're going to, we're going to get more and more into that, but, Anyway, um, just really, really quick. Singles from Holy Hell have been, there's been four. Do you know what they are off the top of your head? I'm, qui- I'm quizzing you. Okay, so Doomsday. Yes. Hereafter. Yes. Um, uh, what is it called? Modern Misery. Mm-hmm. And I want to say Death Is Not Defeat. No, Royal Beggars. Oh, Royal Beggars. Okay. Yeah, with the awesome okay. idea. 
Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're right. It says here too the the single, the Doomsday single, was um, September of 2017. So like a whole year. Right. Interesting. Over a year. Yeah. Okay. Um, that makes and, sense. And, well, okay. I mean, let me. I, I don't want to jump ahead because no, I mean, go go for it. It's okay. We can we can jump around. Okay. No well, I mean, just to do the quick version. Um, so, uh, Tom had written some of that. Okay. And then he died, and then um, you know, they they finished the song in his honor. You know, I mean, it was about uh, you know, losing him, basically. And uh. And then they put they put it out, and then, you know, it's kind of like I think what I what I read is that it was they wanted people to know. Well, first of all, hey, this is this is a song we we were working on together, and then, um, you know, obviously the band finished it up without him, but it was a statement that like we're not over, like this band's not done, you know, mm. you know what I mean, and of course it was the whole story and then the song was enormous and deservedly so um and yeah everything kind of went from there it's crazy um okay so here's a question for you um what was your gateway drug or like what an, an another way to say that would be what bands were you listening to uh like the architects that maybe led up to discovering the architects yeah, so um, I got into Bring Me the Horizon in 2000, about, I think, 2016. And um, and I think through that, um, YouTube, you know, was kind of, you know, how YouTube does. <laughs> Much like many things nowadays, they kind of know what you're into. And um, so they, they, you know, whatever, that one of their videos came on. And um, I think it was for Gone with the Wind. And mm, I, right, I yeah. and I checked it out, and at the time, I don't think I was ready for it. It was like, great track. Tell us what that's from, real quick. Well, that's from all all our gods have abandoned us. Right, the 2016 record. Gotcha. The, the one before Holy Hell. Yeah. So, um, I I don't think I was ready for it. I I dug it. It was uh, it was good. It was more ambient than I would have expected, and I didn't know the story. And um, it was more like melodic and ambient and trippy or whatever than I was expecting. But but it was also it's it's architects. It's very screaming. And if you're not used to that or you're not ready for it or wanting to hear that, then, you know, anyway, so I, I was I dug it, but I, I wasn't like on board yet. I was kind of like, you know, I, I was still like, oh, no, like bring me. And then I was into while she sleeps that I also got into be, through bring me the horizon was more my um flavor at that moment so i wasn't on board yet so anyway i guess uh then i got into through bring me the horizon like i said i got into while she sleeps and and their record uh all for what is, what is it called what is it <laughs> my favorite record of 2017 i can't remember what it's called oh you are we hello <laughs> Anyway, You Are We was my favorite record of 2017 and uh right right. And so then, you know, it sure was. It's all kind of, yeah. <laughs> and and it's they're all kind of in the same family. They're all from England. Um I think Bring Me and While She Sleeps, I believe are from Sheffield and uh Architects is from Brighton. But anyway, so so YouTube gave it another shot. They sent me 
Well, I think at that point, uh, they had put out, um, well, yeah, they, they shot me, uh, um, doomsday and okay. I, I was like, okay, now we're talking, you know? And then, and I was way into it, but I still wasn't like, there wasn't a whole lot still to latch onto because, um, for one thing, I didn't know the story yet. So I wasn't like emotionally invested and, um, and the record, Holy Hell hadn't come out yet. And everything prior to me was, was I've since changed, but at the time I, it was a little like, just not exactly where, where my taste was at, you know? At that time. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's definitely like his, it's, you know, it's a brutal scream he's got going on and, and it's pretty consistent. And, but the thing is, what's interesting is like, there's these beautiful melodies like, but they, but, uh, but he, there's a lot of screaming and it's like this really high kind of like, you know, m- very kind of in a way kind of typical of, you know, metalcore and stuff like that. But, um, you know, we kind of mentioned the Dillinger escape plan similarity and so, but yeah, if you're, if you're not feeling that at the moment or whatever, you know, we all kind of go in and out of our phases and our, our, uh, tolerance for brutality <laughs> yeah so and then well i guess yeah. to finish the answer to the question because i um really didn't answer it completely um well that was definitely my gateway but i wasn't there yet so i think i was i actually went back and thought about this and i think what finally like got me was well obviously the record coming out and then there was like all these just one after another these great songs that were like more melodic you know and still screamy but but very melodic and just amazingly written songs um but what i think what got me was when there was a youtube video that with the band playing gone with the wind live and and tom has like a speech before the song starts and it was like about i'm sorry not tom sam the singer uh had a speech about tom and uh and then i put it all together because i had heard about that but i i didn't remember like i remember hearing oh tom from architects but it was before i was into the band and so i was like oh that's this band and so then that was like the beginning of like my emotional investment or whatever because i was like holy shit you know this kid died at 28 years old you know to cancer and and i didn't know actually i didn't know cutting in here real quickly i want to thank you for listening to the metal nerd podcast I'm your host, Joe Arnold. On each episode, I and one guest discuss one of our favorite metal albums. You can support the show by telling your friends, sharing episodes, leaving a review with a five-star rating on iTunes, and subscribing to or following the show. Any of these actions will greatly help the show reach new ears. We are on Instagram as The Metal Nerd Podcast, and you can also reach out to us at Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening and supporting the show. Now back to nerding out. I didn't know right away they were brothers, and I didn't even know till recently that they were twin brothers. Hmm. So that was a kind of a crazy revelation. But um, but regardless, like I yeah that I this story kind of you know I think like a lot of people kind of pulled me in, and then and then like everything started to make sense. You know what I mean? The song, the content of the songs, even the the songs that I thought that were kind of like super grim or brutal or whatever from the older, you know, albums. Like it's like okay, 
I get it now. So right. There you go. Yeah, and you know, I was listening to um <clears throat> So good job, YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, good yeah, there you go. Thank you, algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> the uh I was listening to uh, All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us. I've heard it, you know, a few times now and uh um it's definitely the album right before Holy Hell. Like, you know, there there's um it's it's a lot of similarity. I think it's still probably in a way it's probably a little more if they're like a cocktail and it's so many parts melodic, so many parts poppy, so many parts electronic and so many parts like brutal and heavy and even progressive, then I would say there's more parts brutal and progressive ab- about all our gods have abandoned us than holy hell. That's the way I would put it. However, they're definitely kind of leaning towards this next album, Holy Hell, which I think is um, a great balance of all of the things I just mentioned, Uh, like kind of a poppy melodic sensibility um, using electronics and definitely like some sampled keyboards or, or, you know, like kind of string, string samples, um, other, other types of like, more rhythmic electronic uh samples uh but yet super brutal um very progressive i mean in terms of like it's not i wouldn't say very progressive but like if you dig deep and you dig into the details of what these boys are playing this is not easy stuff to play like this is a very right technically and uh yeah technically challenging music for sure and I think that's going to be something that gets lost perhaps on like the kind of like, and maybe I'm, you know, I'm probably being negative, but I, in the metal world, you have to de- be on the little, on the defensive a little bit, but the sort of like the metal head that that's going to go in and sort of just, you know, basically like the, the, elite, the, the impress me. Yeah. The elitist, the impress me bros. And let's see, I mean, they're, they're, if they're not a musician, they're going to miss that. And that's the thing, like, I love that even more is that a band like, I mean, I guess it goes back to even like Rush, you know, a band that, um, right, right, that, uh, the song doesn't lose its, its good songwriting, uh, as a casualty of, of the progressiveness, you know right? What I mean, and that's even more impressive to yeah. me than, than just like being progressive for the sake of being progressive, sure. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I there's no point in going super deep into that, except for that it's it's there if if you if you're you know if you're into that. You yeah, know? like if you're a guitar player and you want to like fuck around with some great riffs, like definitely fuck around with this album because I mean, dude, it's there's some amazing shit. And then once you get into the drums, man, let me tell you, because like I play drums and I mean I'm not the most proficient in the world, but this opened up a whole new world of trying for me and not just them, but there's a lot of, you know, younger bands right now that if you really want to like improve your chops, listen to some of this newer shit and try to like get down with it. Cause it ain't easy. <laughs> yeah. And then to see, I mean, you can speak more to this than I can, but to see them live, I mean, I mean, that drummer is just like flawless, man. Well, you, you said it best. He, he's the truth. He's the truth. He play, no, he plays the truth. Well, 
He plays the truth. Maybe both. <laughs> but it's true, man. This guy, I mean. He definitely plays the oh. truth. I mean, I'm, yeah. I mean, just seeing him live, like, I've gotten more into his playing, like, dissecting the actual parts, you know, by trying to play his stuff. And that's that's something else. But then when you see him live and it looks fairly effortless, but, like, his meter, I mean, he was he's, like, perfect. He's freaking, and, he, and he hits hard. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's laying into everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, the truth. Like, you wouldn't not lay into it if, if you were playing the truth. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's laying into it. Um, But he was pretty much flawless, man. He was, like, perfect. His meter, I don't know if they play to a click or not, but he was. Uh, probably, I would imagine. Well, because they have, like, the, one of the guys, one of the guitar players, who was it, Um, what was it, the bass player? Like, did he had the programming stand, sort of like how um, you mentioned uh, Rush, how Getty used to yeah do both you know they have like a programming stand so i could i, I think feel like that, you I think could that's do a it on the fly thing. i think it's a keyboard thing yeah but i mean yeah right but can you what i'm saying is like you wouldn't necessarily have to play this is we're going get nerdy here but yeah but you wouldn't necessarily have to like sample tracks so so just for but i think they do yeah they might yeah yeah but like if so for for people who aren't maybe you know totally aware of this uh if you have if you're sampling tracks like in, in the kind of the background uh for a show for whatever it is whether it's you know some people are even like sampling backup vocals these days and different things but but definitely for like say uh sampled kind of sound like electronic little pieces or whatever you're sampling in the in the background or key keyboards or whatever um you would need to play to a click track and the drummer usually is like the kind of quarterback where he would he'd play to like a and a, a click track like a metronome it's just a beat and so they play to that so that when the sample comes in it's all programmed like pre-programmed and so when the sample comes in it's on that that beat you know and so the whole band is like on the beat i always thought you know just to give an example of how it would work if if you didn't have that was i thought metallica back in the day on the black album when they would um and maybe they still do this, but when they um, when they when they bring in the sample of on Inner Sandman, where the kids doing the prayer, you know, and yeah. they would always be off tempo with it because they you know the the sample was on the tempo of the album, but they're playing faster. I think and there's so a, ta a tapping thing you can do, you know, to um, get get it on tempo with how the band's playing live. There has to be something. Well, like now that. now I would imagine. Well. That. Maybe even then, I, I shoot, I don't know. But I mean, if you know, if the but band's I, still changing tempos while the thing's playing, or whatever, I don't I think mean, that existed will, back then. Okay, maybe, and, and maybe I remember not. like almost every live cut, it would like be the thing where like, you know, the um, what was it, the prayer? How's it go? Uh, anyway, so uh, I lay me down to sleep. Blah blah blah, my soul to keep. That's the Megadeth one. Oh my bad. Yeah. But anyway, but it's it's the same prayer. Um, um, but anyway, they'd be or off. Is it now, now I lay me down. Yeah, now I lay me down <laughs> to sleep or whatever. And um, but that sam that sample was always uh, you know, was always uh slower. And so the band, it was like kind of funny, you know, and they would like get ahead of it. Yeah. You know? So, but anyway, so there you go. Nerd corner. Yeah, that was super nerdy. Uh, even for me. <laughs> 
I'm pretty sure they they have uh, they play to a click and and they have uh, samples, but yeah. Anyway, whatever. We'll just leave that alone. Yeah. So let me look. Okay, so I wanted you know you already mentioned um. You were talking about the architects and bring me the horizon and while she sleeps. Um, I'll throw another one in there. That's a British band, Tesseract. Um, and you're you know obviously a huge fan of and I've become a huge fan of. Um. Can we, is it safe to call them, I mean, and then you can add, you know, I'm sure a handful of others, but is it safe to call them the new, new wave of British heavy metal? Sure. Or, or new wave of British heavy metal 2.0 or something. Yeah. I mean, I'm into it. Like I, I know the journalists, metal journalists, you can have that one for free. I would say that Tesseract is from a different scene. Than the other, you know, like I think Bring Me the Horizon, Architects, but th- While She Sleeps are all kind of from the same Sure, but like scene. if you remember the the new wave of British heavy metal, those bands were all slightly different too. I mean, yeah. they, they were kind of from different scenes, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's all super killer. I mean, uh, you know, obviously another one is Asking Alexandria. Oh, right. Asking Alexandria, which. Um, totally. I'm not saying they're my favorite band. I, I do really like the record that, that they put out that nobody cares about. Um, <laughs> it was the one, I think it was the one before that. What was something, the the black or something. There's too many black. There's the black album. There's the blackening. I think this was like the black or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, I, I, I'm, whatever. I that one. Regardless, there's, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of killer British bands um, from the last 10 years. I mean, even if you take them out of the equation, you know, and and you can even take Bring Me Out if you want, because I know that's controversial. Even though I, I don't think I it's controversial them. at all. I dig them, but uh, I mean, they, they're they're. But I mean, you still got. I mean, just right there, you got at least you have Architects, um, While She Sleeps, and Tesseract. I mean, and and of yeah. course, Bring Me is probably the biggest of all of them. So they, they I, are, yeah. And I mean, and you know, I mean, like. If you take like the new wave of British heavy metal, right? For instance, like Def Leppard was part of that. You know, like oh, okay. Bring Me's like the Def Leppard of like that okay. group. You know, yeah. Now, granted, I mean, you know, the Def Leppard nerds are gonna say, "Oh, well, their early stuff was heavier and whatever." Well, but, so was Bring Me's. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's like you know, it's okay to have that one band that goes outside. But you know, I dude, even the new Bring Me has some. There's some heavy shit on there. So it's like you know. Yeah, I, I saw them live, man, and like. Um, they're they're not architects. I mean, like I, they have a great show. Um, but I guess what I was getting to is like their guitar player is no joke, man. Like, I mean, the whole band. I mean, they're they're super solid. But he's, I mean, he's not. Like Where'd a, you see? He's them? not a shredder, but I mean, he's just solid as hell, you know. And he's got they got to do all the the melodic stuff with all the ambiance stuff. Um, and he and he nails all that, and his tones are all over the place, and they're all really great. Um, but, uh, but his, his metal chops are <laughs> solid as fuck, you know? Yeah. Where, yeah. Uh, where did you see them? Um, the shrine. Okay. Yeah. Well, how big is that place? Well, it was actually outside. It was like almost like a festival style setting. Okay. Um, so I don't know. Cause they're big, It was a lot of right? people. Yeah. It was, aren't it was aren't they, uh, aren't they like, I've heard they're like an arena band. Like could they yeah, fill, think, fill an arena I here? I think their last time that they played LA, I didn't go. Um, but I th- they played the Forum. 
Yeah, see, that's, I, what, that's like, what I thought. I'm like 90% sure. That. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it it's interesting to me. And um, I think if if you're interested and you don't have like a bad attitude about newer music or newer metal, I would definitely check it out. T- definitely tap into what's going on with some of these bands. And like John said, they're all, they're all different, especially there is something that, that kind of binds through all of it. You know, I think there's definitely like a, you know, there's like a, some of that, I don't know if it, you want to call it genty, but there's like, there's a little bit of that kind of, gently or or like metalcore kind of thing that that threads through it a le- little bit of of all of it and the i think the other thing that i found interesting was just that like they all have like that poppy that pop sensibility that i kind of you know um referred to earlier and it's like it's it's interesting to me it's sort of like if you're from the uk like there's almost like that like the beatles is the uh the pop god you know and then like you almost have there's almost like that thread or that string or whatever you that through line from the beatles all the way down to even the brutal yeah shit, it, and it's weird it doesn't I, and i could be totally wrong but i'm gonna say it anyway um it seems like there's more integration of different styles you know like over there you know like they're like i know they've had pop guys like sing backup vocals on like a heavy bring me the horizon record and stuff like that you know i don't know if that's that's not a good example but anyway there there i i just think that they there seems to be like a little bit more borrowing you know and using those different um sounds or whatever yeah and i mean i think that to me that's exciting i mean it's like yeah i don't know and I think, I think it, honestly, I think it gives it sophistication, you know, that like, I, I mean, I can't, I don't necessarily know that I can think of anyone in the U S who's doing what, like, say the architects are doing, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that is something that's going on here. That's why I find it really interesting. Cause it's like, wow, they're, they're kind of onto something. I don't know. I don't can't put my finger on exactly what it is, but there's definitely something there with like the fact that you know, they don't mind, you know, again, using samples, using electronics, um, uh, having like poppy hooks, you know, um, of course being melodic, uh, it's just like, uh, there, there's something, there's something going on and, um, it, it just, it's different than, than any bands I can think of in the U S that are like more contemporary, kind of like upcoming, you know? yeah like younger yeah to me like all the british bands like they're just writing better songs man they just are and it's like it's still creative you know it's not like like over here the the active rock thing is really big you know and it's like and those are all like well-written songs or whatever but it's like it's almost like they're being written for radio like they're they're just so uninspiring to me and to me that's not like all these bands, that's not what what's at the core. Like, there's actually right. something real at the core why they're writing the music, and then they just happen to also be for whatever reason they're just great songwriters. You know, I don't I don't know. And and obviously, like, it seems like bands get better over time. You know, and you can hear it. But uh, um, yeah, 
I, I don't know, man. That's that's and that's what's probably the most exciting thing for me because it's like, I don't know, man. It's got to be more than just like angry, aggressive music to to get me. Yeah, it's it. like there's got to be like a a soul to it, um, you know, and or like I mean, ideally, a soul and just great songwriting. Because I mean, I like the, all the act most of the active rock american stuff like just doesn't do it for me i just don't care it's I mean, almost it, like they're they're like two polar opposite ends right you've got like the, the just brutal stuff that's just absolutely brutal and like there's really maybe maybe there's you know i you know i'm not gonna say that you can't be brutal and and have hooks because you definitely can but but brutal it, it, it can be tough man it, and you know especially to like get through an album if it's just completely brutal and there's no like let up or there's no melody or something like that and then the other end is what you're kind of describing with the active rock thing where it's like i think people like have sort of um like knocked off the blueprint that you know uh, uh a nickelback you know it's almost like the nickelback kind of prescription you know yeah i mean you can just you, you you can hear it and feel it when a song's just like in a band or in a mission statement or whatever is like geared towards like we're getting songs on the radio and it's just like or at least i can i, I mean and, and it's not just me but like you know probably musicians and songwriters you know um it, i mean it's not just that group either but <laughs> anyway you know what i'm saying yeah and they you know like i think w when you're when you're writing just for the radio it, it'll strip away some of the aggression it'll strip away some of the like musicianship um and so I guess what what this album, what Holy Hell represents to me is like this place where, no, all the musicianship is still there. All the aggression is still there. I mean, dude, some of those screams, there's nothing more brutal and, and heartfelt. Right. Because like he's talking about, like, you know, their freaking band member just died. This dude's twin brother just died. And it's like, I mean, it's like you you feel it, dude. Like some of those screams. I think one like, of their lyrics is the, the deepest depths of of despair, you know, and it's like, that's what that's the the place where they're at for and and it's very like that's where this record comes from absolutely the deepest depths that's hard to say depths yeah of, of despair so yeah and, and and like um but merging those worlds man like merging those without like telegraphing a radio song you know what i mean like like totally right. being so obviously going for something that's going to get on like active rock radio. I just feel like that is a place that's very, very special for songwriters and, and, me and metal bands. And I mean, you know, I, cause um, they're great songs. They're they're The soul is there. Like the, you know, obviously like the, I mean, there couldn't be anything more real. The, you know, it's written by a, a, a twin that whose twin brother died at the age of 28 years old, uh, you know, was the main songwriter. And anyway, um, but you know, it's just like just deal like they're literally writing this music as they're dealing with the darkest times of their lives, you know, right to this point. <clears throat> and uh yeah, man, you can feel and and I, I gotta say, you know, it's Sam uh like we talked about, I I think he wrote some of the lyrics on this record, but doesn't write most of it. But but God is he not the perfect like deliver deliver oh. of the message or, or the i mean god he's perfect 
it's just unbelievable. He he's his voice is is very like. It, it, I, they should almost do like a um, do not try this at home kind of a thing because yeah, like he. I mean, I actually watched this one. Take another um, nerd card, but uh, there was this video. Um, there's a, it's a voice coach, you know, and she. Uh, I think it's Mary Z. She's actually in a metal band, but anyway, um, she was talking about him and what she was saying is, you know, he has like a naturally higher voice too. Right. So it's like one of those things where it's like, I, you know, obviously they're so popular now that you could just see like everyone trying to sound like him and stuff, but good luck. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, that's the thing is like, that's the other part. She said that she's like, don't try it unless you have like, he has like a, a higher for a man. He has like a naturally higher well, I voice. think I saw that, and she also said that like you know she, he's been he put the he's years been in. at this yeah, yeah for at least fourteen years or no longer now but uh I mean the band he's been in Architects alone for I guess sixteen years now right right this has been a process you know and he's like mastered this thing but um yeah I mean that's the thing like sonically they're so you know it's not just a band playing great songs it's like obviously like i said i mean there's that soul to it but um but i mean sonically they're achieving something that i don't think there's many other bands out there if any that could even accomplish that no that's what i'm saying i mean you know it's it's like it's that thing yeah it just couldn't be more real you know and and that on and that goes back you know going having gone back uh to like gone with the wind for example i mean that song was written by Tom when he was, I think he was, the cancer had come back and I, no, I guess he didn't know he was, he didn't know that it was terminal, you know, cause apparently he always had a, a good attitude about it, but, but he was having a moment and he wrote those lyrics and, and like, <laughs> if you listen, like I could, you know, recite some of those lyrics but my god are they dark and it's just like it's heavy man it's heavy 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 i mean that's that's a guy that you know whether or not he felt he was terminal i mean it's like his cancer came back you know this wasn't the first time this was because he was diagnosed in 2013 do you know what kind was it uh... yeah it was skin cancer oh that's right and uh (laughs) apparently they did a uh um, a procedure or an operation, whatever you want to call it, and removed um, a part of his his leg or whatever. I think it was a mole. Is is I was listening to that pod podcast with his brother, but anyway, um, and they thought everything was good, and obviously it wasn't. But um, so so this is when it came back, and um, I think I don't know somewhere around there, 2015, 16, and uh, and then he wrote this record, so. Very nice, very nice. All right, um, all right. Let's talk about what are your five highlights. I don't know if I have a whole lot to add from what we've already said. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. sonically, it's super heavy, um, but it's also extremely deep, very ambient. Um, it just the canvas is perfect for like <laughs> suffering, and you know, yeah, I mean. Somebody described Sam Carter's vocals as sounding tortured, you know. Absolutely. And I think that's that's a good way to put it. Um, you know, the word I think if you read some of the reviews, the word, like I said, um 
visceral comes up. I mean, it's just like kind of some of those phrases and the way he sings it and some of the um, are just, they just like shake you to the core. Totally. You know what I mean? It, it makes me feel like, like the way when I first heard, like when I was a kid and I first heard Dyer's Eve, you know what I mean? Right. Like, like I hadn't, I don't know if I had ever heard a song so personal that was filled and, with. And who's with, that by? For, for that the, would be the by the <laughs> band Metallica. Yeah, I guess I'm assuming people know that, but Metallica it was on Injustice for All, the last song. And and um, not to go super deep into that because maybe we'll do that at some other point. But um, <laughs> but uh, that song, like I think that was um, the first time Hetfield really got personal in a lyric. And and my God, did he get personal? You know, it's just like. Anyway, it reminded me of that feeling, you know, of like what I felt like the first time I, Tortured I heard soul. that. Yeah. yeah. I know there's a, a song that that you love, that I love too, um, the, the title track, Holy Hell. Yeah, oh yeah. And I think there's that line in there um, that is like, God, the way he sings it, it's just like, I like I don't know how else to explain it. Like I said, I already said it, but it, like it just shakes you to the core, you know. But let me go to that. But um, I think that there's there's two lines there, and and oh, yeah, I think yeah, it yeah, kind of yeah. sums up the whole record. You know what I mean? It says, it says, uh, "Holy hell!" Wait, hold on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or go, just like yeah, go go that there. part. It's what is it? Holy hell! I've got nothing else to lose. But I know, or I, or and I know, there's gold buried in the blue. Exactly. So it's like this, you know. The again, that there's a line on another song, the deepest, the deepest depths of despair, which is hard to say. But anyway, and then it's that's where you're at. But then I think the whole point of this record is that there's gold buried in the blue, meaning yeah. that there's a lesson in all this. There's growth. Right. There's growth to be had, and that was they made that really clear on that documentary, Holy Ghost you know, that that was like the theme of the record, you know, is that like even Tom, it may cancel. Right here, right here. Yeah. crazy yeah yeah that breakdown right there is nuts and then right here already just screams it Those are great lyrics. But that, yeah. But even the mountains erode in the rain. Right. So great. The, the lyrics, you know, I know some people don't care about lyrics. Um, if, if, like, if you listen to this record, there's another or great I would one. Say, a single spark can start a forest fire, light one match, and, and, burn, and burn down, down the, the empire. empire. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. It's amazing. 
Lots of uh, lots of metaphors, mm-hmm. like heavy yep. heavy use of metaphors, and I think I I um, kind of listening back, I feel like Dan uses more metaphors than his brother did. Hmm. Interesting. But yeah, anyway, sorry, just real quick. Um, so on that documentary, they were talking about uh, that even well, Dan was saying that even his brother Tom got something out of cancer, you know, and the whole struggle and. Obviously, his um, eventual death is that he actually grew as a person because of it. And that's kind of the whole theme is that, I mean, it's unfortunate, but but um, a lot of growth can can come from the most darkest times of our lives, you know, and and, and that you have to be, I guess, open to learning, you know, learning from it and open to the lesson you know it's uh heavy shit man yeah <laughs> yeah it's hard to imagine i mean I'll, i don't know how it works out like proportionate to the rest of the population but it is interesting how many rock bands or artists have like um but particularly bands and have uh members that die so young you know it just seems like proportionally higher than you know the average but i i really couldn't tell you if that's true or not you know but yeah it just seems to be like the story of every you know every five to ten rock bands as a dude that dies before 30 you know and it's just crazy we just had uh the anniversary of another guy that was 28 was the rev oh right 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 yeah yeah. 10 year anniversary right that's crazy totally that that's been 10 years but i know and you know it's just like yeah it's crazy it man. used to be 27 right like jimmy hendrix Janis oh, yeah Joplin, now it's 28 yeah, yeah no, jim morrison now it's 28 but uh, yeah that's interesting you're right yeah yeah but uh well. anyway yeah i don't know as far as the the uh commentary on the record um the highlights yeah i mean the other thing like you just heard it but i mean and we kind of alluded it to it, but I don't know if we totally nail it down. Is that like, it's like he's screaming, but singing at the same time. Yeah. 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 And, uh, I don't know. It's just a crazy well, sound that like, so, um, yeah. And let me just play. And it's, it's something that I think at first, when I first heard it, it, it was like too screamy for me, but now it's like, I just, can't get enough you know? right well like like and here's an example i think uh um th- in more than one case they'll they'll start the song with like kind of a melodic like the melody you know so he's oh, singing like, like here after hereafter. yeah and let me just play it so he's uh, yeah and then and then you so get it to starts with the vocal melody and then at some point He's just going to scream that shit. <laughs> and you're kind of listening to that. Oh, here's this ridiculous riff. Very genty. Um, but at some point, you, I mean, you're listening to that and you're like, okay, how harmless. I mean, how can you make that sound brutal? But I love, here, oh. just play this next part. 
I mean, it's just like I love how that song at the beginning of it, you feel, you think you, oh, this is like kind of poppy or whatever, and then this is the verse. Right. Exactly. And here comes the loud, the loud. Now he's like screaming that. Um, and I challenge anybody out there who thinks this is easy to do. Just go ahead and try to sing that. <laughs> Especially some of those notes right there. It's, he gets way up there. And that's, let me just tell you, that's not easy. It's so great. Anyway, but yeah. But it's, yeah, it's just And, and cool some of the breakdowns in this record um, are just like so, oh my God, they're so brutal. Like, and it's like, they're yeah. not, to me, like they're not like traditional breakdowns. They're not like predictable, like chuggy, chuggy. Like they're, they're just like. The metalcore. Yeah, they're not. They're not like the per, the predictable like, um, you know. Like, like I said, there, there's a sophistication about their sound that just is different. You know, it, you know, and obviously you can hear the metalcore influence, you know, and the gent and all that stuff. But it's like it's there's just another level of sophistication. Here's one of those breakdowns. But like in the background, I was actually going to ask you about that. Is that like a like a keyboard like a sampled kind of symphonic thing, or is that a guitar? I think thing? I think it's yeah, I think it's synth. Yeah. Okay. But oh, you know, so it gives yeah, it yeah, like yeah. it colors it with a a melody, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um. That's kind of what I mean by sophistication. And that's a key, a huge part of their sound, obviously. Totally. Yeah, it's huge. Totally. Like, um, I can't, I, I would almost be interested to hear, like, to hear the some of the songs without it, you know? And I'm just sure it's so different, you know? Yeah, right, right. It loses then, a lot of the ambiance and depth, you know? Yeah, and I just, you know, that it is a huge part of the sound, and that's kind of one of the things that, to me, does, like, just give them that level of, like, sophistication and in ambiance i mean it just sort of like it um it's it's not just heavy for the sake of heavy i mean it's like there's there's something you're feeling something a little more like ominous or or dark or whatever just cause, just because those simple like um keyboard or, or you know i mean it's 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 like a synth version of strings you know yeah so a couple more things uh now that I'm thinking about it, about the record, like sonically, um, and I don't think we need to do like a track by track because it's like no, no, no. most people don't know this record, you know. One of the things that I thought was really interesting is their use of very dissonant, like, chords, which sounds okay. Well, everybody's been doing that since Corn or whatever before that, but but what I'm talking about actually is like their power chord. So instead of doing a normal like power chord for guitar players out there. They're doing like a dissonant version and they'll just like chug on it. I'll give you an example. Can you play um Modern Misery? Mm-hmm. And like um stuff like that. There's check out this riff. Oh yeah. Yeah, so that's not like a typical like 
power chord. It's like a dissonant, like it's like two notes together that are actually together are like dissonant, you know? So I, I don't know if that makes sense to everyone, but uh, I could have swore the, the musicians out there will, will understand it. I don't know. And maybe that's something that's been going around for a long time, but um, to me, it's kind of a newer idea, you know? I mean, bands have been doing it for a long time, but maybe it's just the way they do it. Like like Metallica's been using chords like that for for a minute. Decades. A minute, yeah. But but uh this is just tuned so low. You know what I mean? And it's like and to just ride on it like that, like is like kind of crazy. Like I mean, that's one of their singles. <laughs> you right. Know what I mean? Right. And it's just like they're riding this like dissonant chord like into the ground. Like it's like I love it. Yep. And I don't know. I guess that's kinda like what's so cool about this record is that like their singles which which do have like I guess radio appeal. I don't know if they're if they were trying to or not. And I don't even know if they are on the radio, but they definitely have that appeal and that um capability, but like they're just it's like they they're definitely not like trying to get on the radio you know what i mean like it's like the songs are are just too brutal and they're doing too many crazy things like that to like be oh yeah like we're this is like definitely going to make it on the radio and ironically and i I just the whole radio thing is so i've always found so interesting you know even back in like you know say the late nineties or early two thousands when like, you know, system of a down got on the radio and they, they definitely were not trying to, you know, like on the first two records, like oh, totally. sugar, sugar. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like just, and I've, that's, what's always been fascinating to me is just bands that just get on the radio or even Avenged sevenfold, you know, I mean, they were writing, you know, on city of evil, like six minute song, you know, seven minute songs and they would get on K rock. And it's like, you can't tell me their goal was to get on K rock. Like there's, there's just no way that's, that's a thing like, you know, um, and the, the very progressive songs. And, and anyway, my, my point being is the whole radio thing is just interesting. Cause then band, you know, there's like the people, like you said earlier, there are bands that like try to like really specifically write songs to get on the radio. And then there's just some bands that just get on the radio. And, um, it's interestingly enough, you know, we have, um, XM radio, and uh, there's two stations, well, the two that I listen to anyway, Liquid Metal and Octane. And I've heard songs from this album on both of those stations, Liquid Metal, which is like the heavier one. It's like the station where, you, you know, you'll hear some, you know, Slayer and some Lamb of God and some heavier stuff. And then you'll also hear, uh, well, this album. And then, but then Octane would be like more like the act of rock, as you were kind of saying. To me, it sounds like has a little more of that, you know, like they'll have some other metal stuff on there too like heavier stuff, but it's mostly like that kind of active rock sound. And I've heard, um, new stuff from Holy hell on, on both. So it's just kind of interesting, you know, they've, um, where they ended up landing on, uh, doing really well on radio here in the U S. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I don't, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I'm not totally surprised, but yeah, I, I don't know these things. No. Yeah. Yeah. I think even, uh, I think I want to say back in the day, cause I, I, I think the first time I heard, before I really got into this record, I heard um, what was the single that, that they released in 2017? Doomsday. Yeah, Doomsday. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. They're killing it. So, I mean, I. And I, of I all think, their songs, I would say that's the one, even though, like, you heard Royal Beggars, like, that one has, like, very, very melodic, catchy, almost poppy parts in Hereafter, too. But, but they just get so damn heavy 
that you just don't know. Is this going to like work, you know? Yeah, it's so heavy. But I would say Doomsday of all of them, even though it's still brutal in its own way, is like probably the most. Okay, yeah, that one I could see on the radio. Right, right. You know? So um, I thought it was pretty interesting. So there's a lot of, uh, what do you call it? You know, classical instrumentation, orchestra, symphony type stuff, whatever you want to call it, um, on this record. And and uh, I was as I was doing a little bit of research, um, I saw that uh, they they did. You know, it was like a real orchestra. Um, it was Will Harvey and the Parallax Parallax Orchestra, and then. They had a guy, Peter Miles, that did the engineering for the strings. So they had a separate engineer just for the strings. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I mean, you talk about leaving no stone unturned, you know, like just giving it. It's all that's just crazy. And, and on that note, I just kind of wanted to go into like the, um, the, uh, I don't know what you call it, the staff or whatever, like that was involved with the, uh, the, uh, record, you know, cause I mean, like, like we already said, Dan, uh, the drummer, the the twin brother, um, and Josh, the the new guitar player, Josh Middleton, um, were the produced the record. But uh, Adam Nolly Getgood from Periphery, or formerly, I guess, oh, the bass player from Periphery, um, engineered and mixed the record. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, so okay. That's most of the interesting stuff. There's other people involved. Oh, um, actually, this was interesting. Dan's uh, now wife, uh, I don't know if they were married at the time, but anyway, um, his now wife did vocals on the record. And I, and I don't know where that's at, so I'm interested to go hmm. back and find where that's at because that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, yeah, you're like, I thought that was Dan. <laughs> or Sam, wait, Sam, sorry. Yeah, yeah, probably. I thought that was Sam, yeah. Oh, it says right there, she did all of the brutal screams. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. No, um... So anyway, no, and then I went back and uh, I thought this was interesting too. Their their producers on the two albums prior, which was um, All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us, was 2016, and then 2014 was um, what is it? Lost Forever, Lost Together. Sure. Um, so those had the same producers. It was Henrik Oud, I think. I don't know if I'm pronouncing pronouncing this correctly, but and Frederick Nordstrom. Um, and these guys, well, Frederick, I know is Swedish. I'm not sure about Enrique. I think I, I feel like I've heard Enrique. I've, I've heard other stuff, but anyway, might've heard him on a podcast, but, uh, Frederick, uh, is the guitar player for dream evil. And he's worked with Opeth at the gates in flame, soil work, arch enemy and bring me the horizon. So mm, interesting. And they were all, you know, fans of, of all those bands. So. Yeah, the, but they the stuck Swedish, with that. A lot of the Swedish bands there. Yeah, he's. Oh, where's I, a, I don't know if I said that. Where's a Opeth? Nordstrom Swedish. So Opeth Swedish. Okay. Yeah, they are Swedish. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, knew they were um, Northern Europe, but I, I wasn't sure if they were Swedish. Yeah, Swedish yeah. for sure. God, everyone's from Sweden. A lot of metal from Sweden, people. I mean, all the bands. Well, we in flames at the gates. Op, I think at the gates. I'm pretty sure. Op, yeah, they are. Opeth, soil work, I believe. The haunted are from there. Yeah, um, Mashuga. Mm-hmm, that's right. Yeah, and lest we forget, Ghost. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, go- crazy. And, and wait, no, no, no. Sorry, that's where's um. Oh no, that's Denmark. Uh, Volbeat. 
is from Denmark. Yeah. Very different. Um, but even a lot, all those bands, and now we're late on this because these bands are, they've been at it, killing it for 20 years, most of the bands we just mentioned, but except for Bring Me, but in fact, they're, <laughs> they're probably close to that themselves. But anyway, um, but um, all those bands, but <laughs> speaking of a wave, a wave of heavy metal, man, that stuff out of Sweden. Man, oh, that, yeah. That should have, it's, so anyway, I thought that was interesting. They, they stuck with the same team for those two records. And the production, like, um, is pretty close, don't you think? The two albums. I mean, I mean, let's say um, this record, Holy Hell, with all our gods have abandoned us. Yeah, it's very, it's very close. I would say the one thing, definitely, like the I think I think Holy Hell sounds more sophisticated in this way, and and this is going to be a little weird. And the drums, okay, in a lot of metal records, it's like, especially when like really heavy bands, it's really like a goal to put like the drums like really out in front and like kicking your ass and punching you and all that. And that's awesome. But it also is very like indicative of like the metal, like the like extreme metal sound, you know what I mean? To me, if you want to kind of like step back a little bit away from that and like have a wider appeal, you just, I, I think the sound should be have like the drums in this album, and and this is to me where they went with it. It's a little more natural sounding. It sits in the mix just a little more where the guitar, like the drums and bass and guitar, is very like organic and like kind of live sounding. But it's not like it's not like the drums sound too like separated. Yeah, and not too like machiney uh-huh. and like and like you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, but they're still like heavy as fuck. They're great. It's they're a great, super heavy. Like it's the a toms, great drum dude. sound. Oh my god, it's incredible. But it kind of just sits in the mix in a way that's just like, yeah, it's just it's not as like overly pronounced as like a lot of extreme metal uh, albums do with drums. So I thought that gave it like that was the main thing to me that st- sounded different from the album before. But I just think it's interesting when bands are able to do things and almost like, you know, still make a crushing record, but just like, I don't know, it gives it like a, just a wider appeal and, and like just a more, it's like, I don't know, it's like almost like more mature to like, just to not have the drums sound like freaking rem- machines. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally, totally. Like, you know, that whole thing where it's like, you know, you just like... Well, because that's, I mean... You know, it's like... Anybody can do that, right? I mean, like, you know, you just sound replace and, like, it's just like... Well, I mean, I'm not saying it's easy. I mean, but... And, you know, we know how brutal it is to get a great mix, but, like, it... it uh, It's easier, though, than to get, like, a killer, like natural oh like a natural sound that that is also brutal oh or or you know what i mean that that's like it retains it's like organic natural essence but is still like oh no heavy as fuck no question yeah yeah Yeah, and i think they did that and um yeah yeah we're not totally sure i mean i don't know if they dig if they didn't if they used or didn't use any sound well it's hard to know nowadays sound replacement i mean that's true what we mean by that is just using like sample drums like you know but but those samples are real too though, so it's like, yeah yeah yeah. I mean, maybe not always. I don't know. Usually, yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Or they can be they can be hybrid sounds, which is always R- really weird. You know, yeah, like, yeah, kind of hybriding. But it's still like a a sampled thing that you're, um, 
kind of superimposing over the the wave file or and um versus like what john's talking about which is just getting like you know mics on drums and then just basically eqing them and you know maybe using some compression or something but yeah you know basically just was relying on the actual natural sound of the room and the drums to to do the work and right. to, and the engineer skill set you know so which is yeah it's, it's different and you know in metal as as most metal musicians know i mean there's a hell of a lot it just it's just part of the the game these days and it's not a it's not a bad thing i i, I do embrace it to a fair level although i still like there's always a part of me like that yearns for that like just get just getting an incredible natural sound you know uh john and i talk about this a lot but there's but there's nothing wrong with yeah. with using the samples that are out there and um you know there's nothing wrong with that at all so it's just you know it's just uh, one of those things, you know, it's just different tastes and choices and stuff. Well, they had a, they probably had a slightly larger budget. Yeah, I was just going <laughs> to say. we usually work with. I was just going to say, I mean, a lot of it depends on budget and access to like rooms. I mean, the, when you're dealing with that kind of stuff, the room that the drums are in really matters, you know? Yeah. And uh, Yeah, I mean, the thing is when you don't have like the right budget, um, it, th- there's a lot of ways you can screw up trying to get the natural thing, you know? Yeah. And the thing with metal, the thing with metal is like you have to, whether you get, however you get your drum sound, it has to cut through, you know? And like, I gave the extreme version where it's like super, super duper cut through and it's like, and it's like, you know, and it's just like, you know, so much cutting through. But on the other end of that, it has to cut through, you know, you can't have, if it's just kind of like washed out by all the guitar. And again, the reason is just cause the denseness, you know, of, yeah. it's the denseness of the guitar tone, the overdrive. And, well, the bass too. Yeah. And yeah. you know, cutting through that in the metal sound, it's just, you, you gotta do it. Like we've all been, been to shows where it's like you go to the show and you just can't hear the kick drum because the that's engineer, such a, that's God, that's gotta be such a shame for drummers. Cause they like, works so hard like oh, you got, yeah. like to be a legit metal drummer playing that kind of music like not only that night are you killing yourself but like all the years of like preparation and work that go into being that guy yeah. and then nobody can hear what you're doing it's yeah, like and, oh my and god if you're at you know we've been to like imagine going or... to see fear factory and, and you can't hear the kick drum <laughs> right right just yeah and that's just the tip of the iceberg is Poor drummers. Metal drumming goes these days, but anyway. Well, I guess that's why a lot of drummers do the uh, the triggers nowadays, right? Well, yeah. So yeah, and, and they don't with, rely on with on live some sound guy to. Yeah, with live you them. can get like a. Um, I've actually never done it, but so I don't know exactly how the setup is. But you can get like a module that actually goes in your kick drum, and then it sounds it sends a MIDI, a MIDI signal out to the the um mixing board so you can kind of do it that way too so that you're kind of guaranteeing you're almost like locking in a a tone a, a kick drum tone which is right yeah you know, just it kind of takes the variables out you know a lot like um what they're doing with the guitar now with the um fractal and all that just taking out variables you know yeah yeah so anyway um nerd corner over uh let's see for now <laughs> yeah for now um I mean, okay, just uh, so I'll just kind of run through a few more questions from this album, and I can show you the the uh, track list if you need to. But from this point on, this is an opinion here. 
what from this point on what song if you're if you're the architect right what songs in the set list every night from if, this if i'm the architect of the set list of the architect there set you list. go i mean i i think they're gonna have to i think doomsday is like they're you know enter sandman yeah like enter sandman seek and destroy you know like those ones that you know you yeah. always going to be in the set yeah i mean like like you know pretty much probably paranoid for probably Black their Sabbath. their top five or at least for now that are on their spot of, you know like hereafter i think what is it let me guess royal beggars oh, well, let's do that let's check it modern out. misery um hereafter doomsday yeah and what's the oh death is not defeat yeah yeah those are that's that's the top five yeah i mean i i think you know uh, and i'm sure they hope that as they continue to put out records some of those will get replaced and i'm sure they will i hope so too but, but you think all five are in the set list every night for the rest of their career no no not necessarily so which one which ones oh okay um i mean it might only be one you know let's so say they do I, a I would festival say, and they're only going to do like 45 minutes or something you know i would say probably I'll give you two, I would say, for, for now, anyway, but maybe forever. Um, Doomsday and Royal Beggars. Okay. Okay. I'd buy that. Right on. Uh, let's see. Another question. Um, I, I asked what was your gateway to Architects. Now was um, the Architects a gateway to other bands? Oh, good question. Um... So far, not really, because you know I've I've gotten recommendations for like Parkway Drive and I think North Lane and stuff like that, mm -hmm. and um, you know maybe I'll get there, but right now it's just not as good, and it's like I don't see the point. Like <laughs> you know, I remember going to this show. Um, I, but I, I'm sorry to fans of, but like uh, anyway. No, yeah, and and sometimes it takes me like I mean it took me a while to come around to architect, so who knows? But I remember going to this show um, years ago, and um, the uh, um, Dillinger was playing, and they were playing like it was like a festival type of thing, but like like a small type of thing. But they, you know, it was like several bands, and it was a lot of the like you know metalcore kind of bands at that time. And it was at the House of Blues in Anaheim and uh, the old House of Blues, which was, for people who don't know, it was much smaller. It was like 1,100 uh, capacity versus the new one, which is twice the size. But um, anyway, so I remember watching and uh, Dillinger may have closed the night or, or I don't know, or like been second to headline or something. And um, I just remember leaving that place thinking like, like I don't, I don't know if they give me a reason to really like listen to any other any other thing like them you know what i mean because it was like that's that's as good as that style gets right there you know yeah and that's I don't and know. that's a hard that's a kind of a shitty place to be because you always want to be open to checking other shit out but i think it like you said it's just probably a time and place where once you get past the uh i don't know just the vibe of you know that album then maybe you'll be more open to some of these others you know yeah and and i mean dude i'll i'll say like again i, I already talked about this but i mean like the story was like absolutely um instrumental in getting me to buy in you know like i i i thought okay when i heard doomsday i was like 
that's a great song. You know what I mean? Great video, great song. But I wasn't like a fan yet. Right, right, right. You know, I wasn't like a, a the fan that I am now. And uh, anyway, geez, John, what do you want? Like every every band has to have a band member that to die of cancer for you. To, I know it's terrible for you to love them or what? Yeah, I hope not. All right, all right. So nothing. Yeah, so nothing made. Um. Oh, you know what? Maybe. No. Ah, maybe. Um. There was a band that I liked for a second. Uh, it's one of those newer hardcore bands. I can't even think of the name now. Oh yeah, I'm, um, they might have come through Architects. I don't know, uh, and I can't think of the name, so I don't like them that much. But and I, I like I kind of was oh. into them for a second, and they're cool, but it's not not like not fired up. Obviously, I don't even remember their name. I think I know, but I do love about. the one I that is uh, that didn't come that actually came from. Every time I die, that I do love. That's they're called uh, hardcore, but to me they're not hardcore. It's Turnstile, and I remember their name. Cause, oh right, cause right. they're awesome. It's that's not the one I'm thinking of. It's a band that gets lumped in with Turnstile, but uh, anyway, they're like pretty pretty brutal. They actually kind of sound like like Machine Head. Um, well, musically, they sound like Machine Head, like on their first and second record. Hmm. Um, but it's like it's definitely hardcore. Here's North Lane. Sorry, I'm I'm trying to find that. Oh, thing. knocked loose. That's knocked loose. Knocked right? loose. That was one. That was one of the ones yeah. I was thinking of. Yeah. And then there was the other one that. And they're they're dope. Don't I'm not like I just I'm not necessarily gonna go buy all their records and go see them, you know. But knocked loose. Yeah, they they were the one of the ones and then the other one I also freaking forgot their name and um I was trying to look them up cuz I'm not under fans also like and uh god we were talking about they kind of at their first single that blew up a couple of years ago kind of reminded me of Hate Breed but they were like a younger mu- Oh, Code younger. Orange? Code Orange, there you go. Okay. Yeah. And then but they got some like different sounding stuff. They got some other stuff that doesn't sound anything like Hate Breed, you know, it's kind of Yeah, I like when they're when they have they have a I think the bass player I think is a, is a girl and um when she sings I really like it, you know. That's right. That's right. It's like kind of creepy and more melodic, you know. Right, right. Yeah. Um yeah. I mean, there's anyway, there's a ton of good stuff out there. Just saw um No, oh, it's man, it's really that? encouraging though that there are a lot of, you know, despite the media's take on it and whatever, there's um there are a lot of, you know, young people that are into some really great shit, you know, really cool stuff. Even like like Knock Loose, for example. I mean, it's like it's it's encouraging to see that a band like that is like doing well, you know, because it's like people are into that, you know, and it's it's like it's not my favorite band, but I mean, it's awesome. You know, it's it's just like that style. It's encouraging to see that that style is still alive and well. You know, hell yeah, yeah. I was just thinking there was um, a really good band at Dia de los Deftones. Um, they kind of almost had a uh, where is it? Oh, um, Brutus. Brutus. Have you heard of Brutus? No. I mean, just while we're on tangents of, uh, you know, newer, younger bands that are really good. And they were, uh, God, I don't even, we, we actually saw them in the audience, like after they played. And I was like, hey, great show. And they, um, uh, my guess is like they're from like Eastern Europe. Um, okay. And I'm sure I could look that up. But, um, 
they have they have a really cool sound a, a female female singer she's actually the drummer great drummer and then she she's a, the singer and um like wow. really really ambient kind of stuff like he, like heavy but really really ambient and big and stuff and um she had a killer voice like she kind of had like that she had like a kind of a a reverb on her voice but she so it sounded like cleaner than it was but she had like this soaring just incredible singing voice but she but she had like a dirt like a, a raspiness to her her vocal almost like similar to dead sarah but um but yeah they, they were her fucking great you know kind of like i'm trying to think who would they i mean i guess ambient in the way that you know maybe like some mastodon stuff is you know like kind of but i don't know if that's a really good uh comparison you know but they were great cool I have to check them out. Um. Uh. Yeah. While we're on that, and this will be the last thing, but talk to me a little bit. You know, you and I have talked about this a lot, but talk to me a little bit about like the state of metal, and you know, we talked about um. Recently, you know, how these bands are faring, and um, is the environment you know for metal is it is it something that you know young metal bands are going to survive in is there going to be a scene yeah i i think so i mean that whole thing that things are dying or whatever it's just i don't know it's kind of silly i mean it's it's you know it's probably more underground maybe than it's been in the past but i mean shit it's a lot healthier than it's been in the past too you know um but i mean yeah if you look at like you know it's probably better in europe you know uh, here it's, I mean, everything's always like pretty commercial here. So it's like, it just is what it is. But, um, uh, it's just trendy, you know, here it's like, it's gonna things. If, if you're the hot trend of the day, you're, it's big. And then when you're not, it, it falls off, you know what I mean? And, and so, uh, but yeah, I mean, if you like, if they're selling 10,000 tickets in the UK, I mean, that's pretty encouraged, you know, for one show. Right. That's encouraging. <laughs> um, and then they're selling out how's uh, you know, twenty two hundred capacity venues here. That's encouraging. Um, very encouraging. And like, I mean, even smaller like Wall She Sleeps is doing their first headlining tour uh in the US. Um I mean they've done tons of headlining tours in everywhere else in the world pretty much, you know. But uh Oh that when when's that? Uh this year. Um I think I'm, yeah, I'm, I am going. Well, I think I'm going. Where, where are they I am, playing? I am going, unless something else comes up. But, uh, it, it uh, well, the Roxy. So it's small. Okay. It's small, but I mean, it's still like, it's great. You know, it, it's growing. Like, yeah. they're growing. You know what I mean? And that's like, you know, and, and it's, I think it's been tough for them, you know, at least in the U.S., you know, to catch on. And, but hey, that shows that things are moving in the right direction. And, um, yeah, it's just encouraging, you know. I think um, they'll, they'll. Yeah, and and it's like I don't know. That's kind of like how it's supposed to be in a way. Like I don't know. This is it's metal. It's hardcore. It's like it's supposed to be kind of like out in the fringes a little bit, you know. But yeah, I was thinking about that earlier too. But it's like that's hey, a part hey, of the equation. Ki- kids I think are we've into forgotten, it. You know. Yeah, and kids are into it. Um, I don't know. Granted, maybe some of their fans aren't really kids anymore. Maybe they're like closer to you know. No, nah, but no. I've seen videos. They're kids. They got yeah. They have a young audience. Both those bands. Yeah. Well, we went to. I mean, what'd you think at at 
the, the House of Blues. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely younger. Definitely. Yeah, definitely yeah. younger. Yeah, I'd say like so, and, know, and early, I, early twenties. You know, like late late teens, early. Yeah, 20s, and so. and it's interesting. Yeah. Like you know, like if you go see Tesseract Headline or Gojira or whatever, it's it's the same kind of thing where you get. It's just the audience looks different. You know, it's not like it's more diverse actually. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you got um, just people that look like they're into all kinds of different styles of music, but they're there to see Gojira. Right, right. You know, right. same thing with Tesseract, you know, and you got like whatever, like guys that look like they're into reggae, you got hipsters there, you got, you know what I mean? It's like. And I feel like that's the best possible yeah, scenario. You that's know? cool, man. Yeah. Like bring everyone in and it's, it's, it's more inclusive. And um, I, I don't know again, but I gather that that is like part of the culture in, um, in Europe, you know, or at least England. I feel like we just mentioned a bunch of bands that might be at the, the fore or like the front of like something that might be just budding, you know, like kind of like just ready to just pop off. Yeah. It's going to be different because it's like you said, it, it is harder it's harder to get attention now and it's like there's not like an Ozfest, you know, that has the freaking you know, the the machine behind it and like that was happening in the early two thousands that you know, you, that would break bands like immediately. It would but, there, but on the back also, side of it on the back also, side of it, it started this thing, you know, where they were charging bands seventy five thousand dollars to get on the tour to be on the side stage. That started that whole thing that, right, that is right. now prevalent and has ruined the industry for a lot of people, you know. Right. So, I mean, and, and I'm not, whatever, it is what it is. It was going to probably happen at some point anyway, but it's like, I don't know. Oz, like, yeah, yes, Ozfest did a lot of great things for a lot of bands, but it was also, it also had kind of an ugly side, if you ask me. Yeah. No, no doubt. And, but I mean, it was like, there was also a, a, at least an FM radio appetite at the time for like heavier stuff, you know? Not, not like, right. Well, okay. not like, you know, st- for like something real heavy like death metal or something but like you know but it was definitely there the fm radio appetite was like a heavier one than you know and i I don't know that that so much matters anymore especially when you throw like xm in the mix which is you know satellite and all that but it's just there was a different um there was a different um kind of infrastructure and uh which which is um all i'm saying to that is i do think that these bands there's just there's a there's an energy about it that that is and that's what kids like latch on to it's it's the energy it's the like it is like kind of like the despair and the the you know what i'm saying it's like that that's what they unite over it's like they're you know what i mean like yeah you, you can't fake the funk you know it's like if you're the real deal that's what kids connect to that you know yeah and so um i think um but they're worried i think kids are worried about the environment they're worried about you know, a lot of social, um, constructs, you know, they're worried about, um, just societally, you know, people, all the shootings and the mental health sure, thing, sure. you know, is yeah. super huge. And, um, yeah. So yeah, but it, it connects, but yeah. Yeah. I do, I, I do think it's interesting, but I've, I've become more positive. I guess the one thing, if you're kind of, kind of look at it, if you just take, take, kind of a glance you know of things um i kind of use this like basketball analogy like in the nba right now um lebron james you got all these guys they're the if you're a kid you know watching basketball and there's tons of them like the current players 
are like are way more in the foreground of their mind. It's it's all about the current. It's all about Steph Curry. It's all about LeBron. And then there's like there's like the the um, nod to the legacy, the Jordans and Magics, you know. But like they don't care like that much about Jordan and Magic. They're like, dude, give me LeBron, give me Durant, give me Curry, give me Kawhi, you know. Where I find it like as sort of just a um as a uh, I'm trying to think of the word parallel yeah sort of yeah you know the metal thing is a little different you know when you look at the headline the big festivals a lot of it's like the older bands right and it's like you've got these massive like older bands but you know there does need to there does seem to need and I don't know what it is but there seems to need or there seems to be a need for um just some momentum or or money or i don't know what it is but just some push you know for for the the upcoming you know upstart young bands it's just i don't know if that, it's again, gonna that, it's gonna I happen dude I, I think it's I gonna mean, happen I've, no I've matter been to what the show, if you're going to the shows and you're seeing all the the energy you know and and like the you fr- know how frenetic yeah you know, it, it's it, just, the, the like the fervor like it, it, they're not these are not casual fans no like these no, bands no, no. mean everything to them you know right and you i mean you, and that like, that's going to turn into something you in know the architects mean? for instance and this is the case in in many many shows we go to of younger bands it's like the whole place is singing every song oh yeah it's just like like you said these are not casual fans like they yeah. fucking love these bands you know and and on i like even like turnstile i mean like you know that that was just unbelievable man just people like the whole show and that's a very co-ed audience like it's split pretty there's a lot more girls at to see turnstile than like probably gojira <laughs> you know right right and um it, that's encouraging and, and like to me that that band that they're, they're branded as like a uh as a hardcore band but but to me it's an alternative band it's a like 90s style i mean it's rad because they got the riffs you know but it's like i don't I, I don't know. It's just a, it's a trip. It's like a cross between a lot of different stuff. But anyway, point is like, yeah, like, dude, there's nothing casual about their audience like that. You know, the the fans get it, and it's a young co-ed audience, and it's like it's just encouraging to see. Like, that's gonna turn into something guaranteed. Right. So, I don't know. This this everybody's worried about where it's going and the headliners and blah. It's like, yeah, well, maybe maybe you're not gonna be Metallica selling seventy five thousand tickets at the Rose Bowl or whatever, but you know, it's gonna be what it is, and it's it's gonna be like there's something going on. It's there. It's already going on. Right. And you know, hopefully, it turns into something even bigger. But regardless, it's it's there, and people people are into it. I mean, we see it on the local level, like in Orange County. You know, we've talked about like Johnny and you were talking about. You know, right, right, right. There's so many kids that are into rock music and old rock music and new rock music. You know, but right. they're they're playing like they're they couldn't be more true to the essence of rock and roll. You know, it's all about playing instruments and you know what i mean and right right and like no there's no backing tracks and it's all very real and raw and um no man i mean if that happens anywhere it's it's gonna work out it's gonna be fine yeah yeah so one more caveat to that is just um you know i was thinking about how you know there was there was always like some scene associated with like all these different even in you know the metal world it's like you had the kind of metalcore thing and the the new wave of American heavy metal and all that. there was like some like un- unifying uniting sort of 
engine and, and journalistic push behind it that like, you know, kind of gave it a little bit of, and, um, I think now maybe it's just more like kind of split off and splintered off into like little, yeah, little smaller, smaller scenes. And, and that's fine. I don't know if those things were like super helpful though to the bands. You know what I mean? When you get lumped into a scene, it does it, does it then paint you into a corner? You know what I mean? And then when that scene dies, you go down with it. Mm. So maybe there's, maybe there's a reason they're not, I, I don't know, but, um, and all those bands like Tesseract's a very different band from Bring Me the Horizon, which is a very different band from While She Sleeps, which is, you know what I mean? So, yeah. So anyway, I agree though. I, I, you know, I agree that like when you see the energy, when you take even like a the House of Blues show, for instance, and there's 2,200 kids, right? And if you ask the average person, they wouldn't even know who Architects is, but there's like all this energy and like, you know, behind this band is like, I feel like they're right at the cusp of even, I mean, they're there already. I mean, who wouldn't, I mean, who could these days even boast to sell out like, you know, a, a national tour of like, you know, 20, 2200 seats everywhere they go. Um, I mean, to me, that's, that's an incredible level of success, you know? Yeah. Especially, especially for extreme, an extreme, extreme style, band you know? and especially an extreme band that's not from here. Right. Right. You know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But, um, but I, but I agree. I think, I think the energy's there and I think it's going to like spill over and, and, um, I don't know. It, just, just real quick to kind of, while we're talking about their live show, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but I, I, I just want to say like seeing them live was like, I mean, the musicianship is like basically perfect, you know? Yeah. Um, the, the singer's incredible the the production like um, oh yeah 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 we you know their sound that. their sound was just like bigger than anything I've ever heard you know what I mean like I mean and the energy in the room is like they're, they're to me like and I saw Gojira in that same room at House of Blues and, mm -hmm. and like they're neck and neck man their show is like it's neck and neck yep and that's saying a lot because everybody knows Gojira is like one of if not the best heavy metal, like live heavy metal band at this point, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, Un dude. Unbelievable. Totally. You know? And, and I thought, honestly, you know, I don't remember, you know if, or if you remember my take, but I was like, it sounded perfect. Like, it, like I can't yeah. even honestly, this, and I, I mean, this is someone who's been to literally hundreds of metal shows. I, I cannot fathom it sounding better than that. It was just like that good. Yeah. It, it like, it, I've seen like it, I don't know. It called to mind. Uh, I was standing right behind the, the sound engineer and just praising him. I was oh just God, like, Oh my was... God, you're, you're a God, bro. Like, yeah, <laughs> this yeah. is fucking, no, it was, um, it's just enormous and everything's like, just, it's just the biggest sound ever. <laughs> but, um, no, it, it called to mind, um, like Megadeth, you know, like, like, uh, in their heyday, like uh, I've seen Megadeth many times, but if you go back and watch YouTube videos, I would say that like in 1992 was like their the peak of their live show in terms of just like being a super tight like a machine. Right, 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 totally. And it's that's that's a good way to put it. That's where they're at. You know, they're just like 16 years in. You know, 15 years when we saw them. Um, and it's just like they're just that band firing like, on all cylinders. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, 
and and they had a filling guitar player that night you know oh okay i don't i didn't yeah yeah the guy the guy josh that's the new guitar player i think he had a kid or um that's i I believe yeah yeah. i kind of remember that so he wasn't there um was that their first show of the the tour of the I think it was right. Their US I think tour. you're right. I think it was their first show. Yeah, because I remember like yeah, because Wall Street Sleeps was a little like they they, they, were, they looked like it was their first show. Yeah, and they were they said they got and they still killer, but they definitely looked like it was their first show. And Architects was they were like, like perfect. Yeah, it was and you're like, like, how are they that good on their first yeah, show? Yeah, it was tour? crazy. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. But uh, anyway, well, uh, do you got anything else, or is that a good place to leave it? I think that's a good place. All right, man. Yeah. We didn't. We didn't even fight. Yeah. We didn't argue. Yeah. We're, we're on our best behavior right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, thank you. Thank you.